oh so close for the Spurs, but just wasn't enough. You are locked on Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Lockdown Spurs, right here on the Lockdown NBA Network. I am your host, Jeff Garcia, Spurs writer for Kansas Fire San Antonio. Glad to have you back. Yeah, just heard a little while ago, Spurs got the L last night in Memphis. Yeah, we're going to be talking about what happened last night out in Memphis. Spurs pick up an L. I know our guest is probably going to be okay with that, considering their grand prize, Wimby. But we'll get his thoughts on that. And we're going to be talking about... The Alamo Dome game coming up this Friday. Everybody's excited. We're going to ask our guest if he is, too. And thanks for making Lockdown Spurs your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever we get uh, wherever we get podcasts. And this episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with promo code LOCKDOWN. That's pricepicks.com, promo code LOCKDOWN. Let's go to bring in our guest. He is Rudy Campos of Sweet the League. Rudy, it's been a while since we've done a post-game show together. Yeah, I was actually uh, wondering if I would ever be back for the post game, you know, shows with you. But I'm glad to be back, man. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I got caught up with a few games that I uh, met up with the Spurs on the uh, on the East Coast swing. Just didn't have time, but we still made time for Rudy Compos to come on last week. So, Rudy, I got to ask you, what's better for you to come post game or during the day? Man, you know, my work schedule during the day is kind of hectic. So I kind of like the post games. It's in the evening. I'm relaxed. I've got my late night cup of yeah. coffee. and It's a little bit better. But I'm, I'm game for either one. By the way, two things. One, are you feeling better? Yes. I'm not 100%. I'm like 96, 97% better. So I'm, I'm there. I'm right there. Is this, is this a um, – I know this is not a Michael Jordan flu game. Is this a Frank Burkowski flu game? Uh, no, man. You know what? I, I think this is a, uh, a, a, you know, a tweak of the ankle type game where I'm, okay. I'm 100% to play, but I'm going to have a little bit of, I'm going to struggle to get through it just a little bit. How about this? We'll put you on a minutes restriction. How's that? <laughs> that sounds perfect. All right. We'll get Rudy out of here so he, he continue getting to feel better. And then second of all, yeah, I'm glad to hear that you're not, I'm not the only one who likes to drink coffee late at night. You're okay with it, right? I love coffee. I drink maybe three or four cups a day. So I love it. Yeah, my, my grandfather, uh, when he was around still, he would drink coffee late at night. And I'm talking about midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. And I asked him what time I go, Grandpa, doesn't, doesn't that keep you up at night? And he goes, no. He goes, it relaxes me. It calms me down. So I think it's just mm-hmm. all in the mind, isn't it, Rudy? It is. It really is. For me, It people say what keeps me awake. Actually, it helps me fall asleep for me. So it calms me down. Speed of coffee, do you know Popovich does not drink coffee? I did not know that. That yeah, is a massive fact I did not know. Yeah, he said that before the game versus Memphis. He said, he goes like, because they're talking about Taylor Jenkins, the ties to San Antonio. And supposedly Taylor Jenkins said how he first met Popovich was in the coffee break room at the Spurs. And that's what Pop says. Well, he goes, maybe I was there, but I don't drink coffee. So a little <laughs> fact to it, you get to learn about the uh, Spurs right here on Lockdown Spurs. But again, um, make sure to follow Rudy on Twitter at Sweep the League. But let's get him out of here. He's still recovering from his his sickness here. So uh, really overall thoughts, Spurs get the L out in Memphis, 121 worth, uh, 113, you know, credit the Spurs. They put up a fight, didn't they? Yeah, they did. You know, um, actually they played actually good, all a good game. All four quarters they were in the game. I think the first quarter was the only one they were down uh, by 10 at the end of the first quarter. 
but every other quarter after that, they were really competitive. They stayed in the game. Now, obviously, if John Morant plays, it's probably right, yeah. a bigger win mm-hmm. you know, for the Grizzlies. But yeah. uh, considering the fact uh, without John Morant and the Spurs missing their two best players and Kelvin Johnson and Devin Vassell, they put up a really good fight. I, I have to applaud the uh, performance tonight. Yes, good point. Uh, I think it would be a big difference if John Morant was playing last night, and as well as for the Spurs if Vassell and KJ were playing. Uh, you know, but this is a very yeah, big Memphis team, and I mean that literally from uh, Jaron Jackson to Desmond Bain. I mean, the guy, does he, does he know he's supposed to not lift weights and be in the NBA? The guy's built like a tractor trailer. You've got uh, Stephen Adams, who was a beast on the boards. Just this Grizzlies team, they're just a big team that can cause issues for any team, not just the Spurs, really. Yeah, and, you know, what they really excel in is not only in the guard play, like you mentioned with Bain Brooks and as well as with John Morant, but they are so dominant down below with Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams. I mean, mm-hmm. the biggest discrepancy that I'm going to get into later with the uh, Spurs and Grizzlies game, it was a big difference. They clog up the lane. They make it so tough for guys to get to the basket almost like they make you become a jump-shooting team with something that the Spurs are really not. So that's a real negative for the Tennessee Spurs when they have to be a jump-shooting team. Absolutely. Uh, right off the bat, you know, look, the Spurs were down. They were down at half. They were down at the first quarter. But credit the Spurs. Usually when they're down, they tend to stay down. We don't see them put up uh, 48 minutes of fight. Now, they were not 48 minutes of fight versus Memphis last night, but they put up enough fight in the second half to really put the scare in Memphis. They beat uh, Memphis pretty much in that third quarter. Again, we'll get into those numbers later. But I guess what I'm going at here, Rudy, is that they didn't lay down and die. And that's what I like. They came back and really put a scare in Memphis. Yeah, they did. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I was look, I was watching or watching the game uh, on my phone, and I thought, okay, mm-hmm. it's pretty much over at halftime. But when they came back, had a 31-25, uh, third quarter, I was like, okay, they're making a game out of it. We're seeing some some promise out of the San Antonio Spurs, and they actually fought to the very end. Uh, I think it was Jaron Jackson Jr. that hit a three, and by the way, his jump shot is horrible. I mean, it's horrid. You would think it got better yeah. uh, year after year, but it's a horrid jump shot, but he did make a three-pointer right. that was kind of the nail in the coffin for him. Yeah, what really helped San Antonio at least make it competitive, and you know, not just the one-sided uh, towards Memphis, was that uh, Memphis just couldn't make a free throw shot. Uh, we'll get into the numbers yeah. later, but they they were missing free throws. Uh, the Spurs to help keep them competitive, they did. They went to the hack of Stephen Adams, kind of sort of worked. Um, again, you know, you just saw their uh, defense uh, kind of wither at the end, and just a lot of dumb turnovers. I mean, Malachi mm-hmm. Branham turned over a costly one in the late in the game, would allow Dylan Brooks to go in for a bucket. Uh, you know, again, sloppy play uh, bites the Spurs in the butt at the end, Rudy. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, I, I say it every single time, so people probably get tired of the same reference, but, I mean, it's growing pains is what it is. I mean, a very young team, a uh, team that still is developing. So once mm-hmm. they get uh, more developed and they get under, uh, you know, they get the wheels turning, they get, you know, mm-hmm. everything just going perfect for them, then you'll see better uh, performances out of them. But, yeah costly turnovers, especially in the games that are close, you, you got to take care of the ball. Yeah, and hey, look, you, you got contributions for everybody. Again, this is a team that's down uh, two of their heavy hitters, that's being San Antonio. But you had, you know, four players uh, in double figures for the starting unit, a couple of players off the bench in double figures. You know, nobody really did not not uh, impact the game. Now, you're big on the plus-minus. You, you, you always talk about that on Lockdown Spurs. But 
you know, for the most part, you know, I mean, I mean, the worst plus minus guy was ironically, uh, what was a Trey Jones, but you know, overall, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is with the unit that they have to go with, because they started Kadebase Diop, and he, when was the last time he played? He's, he felt like he's just been gone for a while. You know, they bring in Sohan, they bring in Bates Diop, uh, Pertle, Jones, Langford. That starting unit is not too familiar, are they? No, I mean, starting uh, KBD, which we haven't really seen much of lately, uh, Langford in there as well. I mean, of course, you're missing Keldon, you're missing Devin. Uh, right. But those two guys getting a starting five, it kind of it kind of showed a little bit. I, I honestly, to be honest with you, going into this game, I was hoping that Malachi would have got the start. Um, mm-hmm. He's played some really good ball this season for the Spurs, and I figured, you know, no John Morant, maybe Pop will give him an opportunity to start with the starting five. Uh, really good shooter and really aggressive on the basket, so I figured, you know, he would be causing some problems for Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks, but. Nonetheless, I mean, yeah, seeing Romeo Langford and Katie, uh, Katie Bates Diop in the starting lineup kind of surprised me. But you're right, man. I mean, these lineups are getting a little crazier. And mm-hmm. you know what? It kind of worked a little bit tonight. I'm pretty surprised. Yeah, yeah, it almost worked. Almost worked. I mean, the, <laughs> the Spurs actually, what did they erased a double-figure Memphis lead in the in the second half. And they actually took the lead over Memphis. And they looked like they were going to pull off somewhat of an upset. I get it. People will come back up and say, well, they didn't have John Moran. Well, Rudy would have said, well, we didn't have KJ and Devin, so how's that? Mm-hmm. But they they looked like they were going to get there. It looks like the momentum was swinging another way, but again, those costly turnovers really, really uh, hurt the Spurs towards the end. When we get back, we're going to look at the box score. I'm going to ask Rudy what stands out for him when he looks at those numbers. What does uh, what, what brings a smile to his face? What doesn't bring a smile to his face? Right here on Lockdown Spurs with Rudy Campos of Sweep the League. Follow him on Twitter at Sweep the League. But before we do that, let's talk about prize picks. Look, how does this work? Well, prize picks. It's a daily fantasy app. And what you do is you pick two to six players, and if they go on to score more or less in their prize pick projection, you go up to 25 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offer projections on any sport you watch. That includes NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, MMA, disc golf. Yes, I said disc golf, boxing, Eurobasket, cricket, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals, currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. What you got to do is download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can get themselves a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with promo code locked on. You deposit 100, Price Picks gives you 100. You deposit $50, Price Picks gives you $50. Don't forget to enter pro, promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. We're back right here on Lockdown Spurs with Rudy Campos of Sweep the League. Follow him on Twitter at Sweep the League. Rudy, are you going to give us some more 50th anniversary obscure Spurs later on? Yeah, I'm going to give you some uh, obscure Spurs for the 50th anniversary, but we're going to do the uh, the Alamo Dome version. So these are guys oh, that I are like this. played in the Alamo Dome. When they I were like this. I figured you've been sick, so maybe you've been laid up in bed and just going over the old archives and saying, oh, that guy played and that guy played in San Antonio. And who is this guy? Uh, but did you find uh, anybody named Rudy Campos? I didn't for no, whatever didn't. reason. Right. Um, they I left mean, me off, and I don't know why. That's a shame. I yeah, mean, they usually, they, don't list the, they, they, they usually don't list the uh, the uh, Cowboys, though. So. 
Yeah, they don't. <laughs> I, I honestly, when I uh, when I retired from the NBA, Pop gave me his word that I would have my number retired. Uh, he yeah. just never said when. So, we'll, we'll, fingers crossed, it'll be soon. What, what what's stopping you from? You know, I'm not promoting uh, a vandalism here, but like you're just scribbling uh, your name at the AT and T Center on the wall and saying, "Hey, my name is retired." Is that is on the AT and T Center? Literally. So don't don't uh, do that. Don't go to facing the uh, the Alamo uh, Dome or the AT and T Center. <laughs> I, I'm probably going to get my media credentials revoked if I do yeah, that. Don't so do that's that. the only that's reason why. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at the box score from last night's loss for San Antonio, losing to the Grizzlies 121-113. Spurs dropped to 13-28. and And guess what, Rudy? They play the Memphis Grizzlies next in San Antonio. Yay, San Antonio. They'll probably have John Moran back for that one. Fun times. But let's yeah. start off with you, Rudy. Uh, what makes you smile? What puts you, brings a, as Joker would say, what, what puts a smile on your face when you look at the box score from last night? Well, I got a couple of things here. Um, free throw percentage. We, they've been having some issues shooting the ball from the free throw line. They were 14 of 16 tonight. Not huge, but shooting 87% uh, as a team. I, I really like that. I really like that they were able to get to the line and knock down the majority of them. Also winning the assist battle. It really is good to see them back up 28 assists for this game. They won that column when it came to the Grizzlies. Not only that, competitiveness. I mean, they they were down at halftime. They came back. I think Memphis's largest lead was 13. To see the San Antonio Spurs come back tied at 109. Late in the game, you know, just a couple of careless mistakes and a couple of key shots by Memphis. Uh, the biggest thing for me was, like I said earlier, applauding them on a job well done, mm-hmm. missing their two key guys and still competing with the Memphis Grizzlies. Even though John Morant was out, they still got a lot of players. There's a reason why Memphis is on a seven-game winning streak. Uh, mm-hmm. Congratulations Spurs, you had a really good night. Yeah, the Spurs nearly pulled it off, and I, I really thought they could have done it without John Morant. I said, okay, the Spurs really got a shot now, uh, but it just came up short. For me, uh, what puts a smile on my face of the Spurs three-point shooting in that third period, I believe they went five for 11 in the third. So they really started connecting on their threes. That's what put the Spurs back on track to hopefully get a win in Memphis, and they actually took the lead. So I'm glad to see that three-point shot was falling, but what puts not what puts a frown on my face is that it wasn't consistent. Uh, for the game, the Spurs shot 11 for 32, 34%. Now, yes, you know, the Spurs usually make around 11 threes a game. That's one of the worst in the league, but you know, that's still got to get better as this season goes on. You know, another thing that puts a smile on my face is the the slow development in the positive direction of Malachi Branham, 25 minutes. Uh, versus Memphis, 12 points, 5 for 11 shooting, hit a couple of threes, chipped in two rebounds, had an assist. Uh, you know, yes, he had uh, some costly turnovers, but nevertheless, you're seeing the development of him. Uh, your thoughts on Branham? You know, and I said it many times before, Branham was supposed to be a lottery pick. The Spurs were lucky to get him late in the first round. Uh, he, he's a player. He's a guy that can score. He's a really good shooter. He was at Ohio State. Um Definitely can shoot the deep ball, can get to the basket, create his own shot. The only thing I want to see him work on that I think will help his game a whole lot more is a quicker release, which he could definitely, definitely do with the San Antonio Spurs. I love his development. I'm glad that he's not in Austin and he's camped out there. I get it. He can get a lot more minutes. He can get a lot more practice in Austin. But there's no better way to get game time experience and actual NBA experience. Mm -hmm. So. Really, what I want to see with him is just quick, just create a uh, develop a quicker jump shot. If you can get that jump shot off a lot quicker, 
Uh, his scoring is going to go up. I believe he's going to be able to be in the rotation. Um, they found a gem with Malachi Branham. I'm glad they were able to get him. Yeah, and look, it's Spurs, again, the competitiveness against a Memphis team that is one of the best in the league, let alone the West. In the previous matchup, didn't they take Memphis to overtime? I mean, uh, you know, it was a, yeah. and they barely lost 124 to 122. That was back in November. So, yeah, I mean, again, this is a team on paper, Memphis, that's supposed to just decimate San Antonio when they're at full power. But again, yeah, uh, Spurs showed again that they were not going to just lay over against a mighty Memphis team. Uh, you know, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. Does this put a smile on your face or does it put a smile on your face? Now, Jakob Pertl, you know, played. Mm-hmm. He was a, a game-time decision, but he nevertheless, he played. He finished with 13 points, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals. You're like, okay, well, what's wrong with that? But um, no blocks, no blocks, two turnovers. He was a minus 12. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on that? It didn't surprise me with Jakob. I mean, like I said, Memphis has a really good uh, front court of uh, Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. Very difficult. Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, is definitely an inside-out player. Uh, he can definitely shoot the ball. Like I said, even though he's a terrible shot, he can definitely shoot the ball. Uh, makes it tough for a guy like, you know, uh, Jakob Pertl to guard him. He's very quick off the dribble. But not only that, with Steven Adams, he's just as tough as uh, Jakob. So, doesn't surprise me he didn't get any blocks tonight. Memphis has a lot of shooters uh, with Dylan Brooks, uh, Jones, Bain. and uh, Devin, uh, yeah, Desmond Bain, Bain as yeah. well. So yeah. they're not really getting to the basket. If he's going to make any block shots, it's going to probably be off the offensive boards for Memphis. But even at that, like I said, Jaron Jackson is so creative uh, on the offensive side. doesn't really surprise me that we didn't see any blocks by um, Jakob at all. In fact, I think they only had one block of the team tonight. So yeah. it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, you know, defensively, the Spurs didn't get a, did not get it done on that end of the floor. You know, you know this, another thing that just puts a frown on my face is, you know, Memphis, I mean, kind of sort of gift wrapped it a win, you know, because they were just not connecting on their free throws. I mean, they were just mm-hmm. atrocious. They go 20 for 35, 57% on the night, Memphis does. And I think the Spurs could have capitalized that and played smart basketball towards the end. Now, look, I give the Spurs credit. They look like they got better in those crunch time situations. You know, but a Jaron Jackson three, the costly turnovers did them uh, dirty. Yeah, yeah, it really, really got them. But, uh, yeah, there it is. Spurs got the L in Memphis, 121-113. Again, fall to the Grizzlies and a fall to 13-28. and Uh, Quick uh, look at the box score here one more time. Yeah, Trey Jones, again, you know, we didn't give him uh, any shine here, but let's briefly give him some shine. He finished the game with 18.7 assists. Uh, he had himself, I, I don't think he connected on one three, it's correct, six for 16 shooting, five for five for the free throw. You know, it was pretty much him and his brother battling towards the end of the game is really what it came down to. But Jones, again, because we got to make Rudy talk about a dookie. <laughs> it's his tradition here in Lockdown Spurs. Uh, you know, let, let the way for San Antonio, Rudy. Yeah, Trey Jones, this is actually the second game he's led them in scoring back-to-back. So I think he had 25 the last game. Uh, Mr. Consistent, man. I mean, he keeps doing what he has to do for the team. And, you know, it was a Jones versus Jones game tonight. Trey uh, and his brother going back and forth on it. But, uh, yeah, I I mean, honestly, I I said it before, I'll say it again. You know, unless you're getting screwed Henderson, there's really no reason why you need to look anywhere else but, you know, look at just Trey Jones as leading this team until Blake Wesley gets ready to uh, come back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
By the way, you're very far from this, like just on paper, how I almost nearly identical Trey Jones and his brother Tyus Jones look. I mean, they look like mirror image of each other. It's like twins, right? It's I like mean, right. It's like twins. It's it's uh, it's uncanny. I wonder if they are really like twins. And what's that with the fraternal and what do you call that thing where they're not identical twins, but uh, maternal? Is it maternal and first something like that? Fraternal? Yeah, well, something like that. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Yeah, another loss for the Spurs. So those that are in Team Tank, loving that. They love the mixture right now. Stay competitive, but lose at the end. Yeah, well, if you're Team Tank, you definitely like this. Uh, when we get back, we're going to wrap up this episode of Lockdown Spurs with Rudy Coppels of Sweet to Lee. Talk about the big game this week. Spurs at the Alamo, Go- Alamo Dome once again. And, wow, it's been a long time since they've been visiting their old stomping grounds. But before we do that, we want to talk to you about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one spot. For sports, betting information, stats, news, and analysis, get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to basketball, NBA, World Cup, everything. They got it all over at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those as well at BetOnline. Hey, go there right now. Go find out which Spurs, if any, are in the NBA Most Improved Player Award race. Yeah, maybe you might like what you see or maybe you not like what you see. Also, what are the Spurs' odds to perhaps netting Wimby? Oh, yeah, those tank odds. Go check it out at betonline.net. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. And I also want to talk to you about, well, that dreaded time again, tax season. It's back. Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert will do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stresses of taxes and file them for you so you can, well, do not taxes. Show your eye things that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing not taxes a lullaby. Hope not taxes. Sleep through the night. Grab a saddle and ride not taxes into the sunset. With TurboTax, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring your taxes are done right, guaranteed, so you can relax. Feel good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com, learn more. Intuit TurboTax, full-service products only, video meeting while experts does your taxes required. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. And we're back right here with Lockdown Spurs with Rudy Campos of Sweep the League. Who is going to the Animal Dome? Are you this week? As of right now, I should be there, yeah. I'm planning yeah. to go. Yeah, I think I think I think the dome's gonna fit the entire city of San Antonio, isn't it? I think so. I mean <laughs> it feels I like heard it. it was what, sixty two thousand? Yeah, they're close. close. To, yeah, they're close. At last check, there were I think about five thousand tickets away from breaking the record. That should be sold by game time. I hope at least a business should grab them, you know, grab the rest. Like sweep the league, we'll buy five thousand tickets. <laughs> um, sure, why not? Right, um, yeah, and I'll also there. get that oceanfront property in Arizona soon. <laughs> yeah, it should it should it should be a great game. It should be just a fun game, win or loss, you know, for the Spurs. Would it be good? Now, the only gripe a lot of Spurs fans have is the court has been revealed. And it's the same court the Spurs have been using during Fiesta Nights. It's not the 1990s throwback court. Even I was a bit surprised by that, Rudy. Man, yeah. I yeah, you had texted me bad. earlier about it. And I was like, there's 
why are they using that court? They need to go back to the original Alamo Dome court. Everything should have been original, in my opinion. Yeah, look, I get it. They're using the full domes of the entire dome. None of this half a dome they did back in the day. Although a part of me wish they did do a half the dome, like back in the 90s, so we can have the curtain. The curtain's not going to be there, at least as of this recording, unless the Spurs surprise everybody, like, hey, it's the curtain. But... It's not going to be there. We're not going to get the portrait retired players. Remember the portrait players? Like this huge yeah. banners of portrait Gervin and and James Silas, all those guys? Yeah, I remember that. And that's something, like I said, if you're going to go all out, go all out. I mean, let's be real, man. If you're going to open up the entire dome, great. Open up the entire dome. But give me another Alamo Dome game where we have the curtain, where we have the original Alamo Dome game. But... Nonetheless, I mean, hey, they want to break a record. They want to get the most fans in the dome. So, by all means, do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Look, the videos have been released of the time lapse of the court. But beyond that, you can see the configuration. It's not, they're not going to even raise the court like on a stage like they do for the NCAA tournament. It's going to be just Mm -hmm. flat. So, I, I think maybe it'll squeeze more people in. I get it. But imagine if you're sitting away at the newsbleeds. And watching that game, how tiny is that court going to look? Oh, man. I remember sitting in the nosebleed section at the Alamo Dome. It is so steep that I really didn't mm-hmm. like it because it looked like you were going to fall. Um, but, yeah, it, it's really small. That court's going to be massively small because it's the middle of the dome. And if you've got nosebleed seats, I, it's going to be a very tough view. Be sure to take binoculars. I thought yeah. I'd never say it in an NBA game. Well, back in the day, you remember people would bring binoculars. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. Arena, yeah. Uh, we used to take binoculars too. Yeah, but yeah, even the dome, dome for this game of the dome, you're going to have to. Yeah, you're going to have to. And now for those kids that are not around, uh, when Rudy and I were around going to the Alamo Dome game, they used to sell tickets behind the curtain. So the, it was the yeah. version of the uh, the uh, the obstructed view games from the Hemisphere Arena where you sit behind a massive column. That was yeah. the Alamo Dome's version. They They would have like a little bit more tickets just kind of behind the curtain, and they would sell those. I did that a couple of times. What about you? Yeah, I did that a couple of times. Um, the curtain, the the curtain games is what I would call them. You know, they were relatively inexpensive. So if you wanted to yeah. go to the Spurs game, definitely go to that game. But I had the unfortunate of my first Chicago Bulls game in the Hemisphere Arena. My mom Ooh. got us tickets, and of course, watching Jordan and Pippen, we were unfortunately behind one of the columns. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> see, I remember sitting behind the columns and my dad taking me. And I didn't mind because I would get extra treats, like maybe an extra soda. So hey, I yeah. would buy another soda. You know, you're you're not going to pay attention to the game. <laughs> I, I I remember one of the last few games I went to at the Hemisphere Arena. The t- the tickets were so cheap slash give them away kind of style that mm-hmm. I sat behind the Lakers bench, like right behind the Lakers bench. I think that oh, was wow. one of the last last games I went to the Hemisphere Arena. I'm trying to rattle my brain of when the last time I went to an Alamo Dome game. I'm, I don't remember. I think it was during the 99 run. I think it was around that time. I it's, think uh, so. You yeah. know what? Mine, I remember. I, I know it was against the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. Um, and it was when Moses Malone was playing. Oh, man. And he hit a three-quarters of a shot from the court shot, basically, from the free throw line at the buzzer and mailed it. Wow. So I so that was the last game I attended, and that was actually the movie section. So, remember five dollar um, tickets? Story. 
Yeah, funny story. That same game is the last time I went because sitting nosley, the lady above us fell down on top of me. <laughs> oh, get so, out. Yeah. yeah, no, she did. She slipped and fell on top of me and my dad and my Got cousin, me. you know, caught me and held her yeah, back. Yeah, so yeah. if you've been in the dome, you can definitely tumble down. <laughs> I went to, I remember one of the dome games I went to, a fight broke out between Rockets and Spurs fans. And I was at the height of the Rockets-Spurs rivalry. Oh, uh, I remember a big fight broke out on the upper deck and the police was security, I guess. I don't know if they're SAPD, but security was break them up. It was just a pocket and the fight broke out. So my memories of the Alamo Dome, everybody. Rudy, it's your <laughs> time to shine. Give us those obscure Spurs players for the 50th anniversary. So we've got a good amount. I went, you know, I did a little research and I thought, I'm going to get some names here for the 50th anniversary uh, for the San Spurs, but about guys that have played in the in the Alamo Dome. So if you got to do your research, do your research, drop these names, look them up. I guarantee you they played during that time in the Alamo Dome. Uh, that's all right. Monty Williams, man, Phoenix Suns head coach. Right. He was a spur. Yes, sir. He definitely played in the Alamo Dome. How about we go with uh, an old school guy, Cadillac Greg Anderson, had a few years Cadillac. where he played in the Alamo Dome. Yes, sir. The big dog, the original big dog, Antoine Carr. Guys that want to remember an old name. Play. He he was. He was really yeah. good down below. I'm yeah. saying. Uh Howard Isley and Jamie Fike. You remember those names? Those I are some, do. You, no, no, that's a Howard that. Isley from the Jazz era, like when he yeah. was with the Jazz. When he was big with the Jazz, his big time was with oh, the Jazz. Um, I'm gonna drop a name before I drop a couple more here that you gotta remember: okay. Julius Nwasu. You yes, I do. Him? Yes, I do. I remember him. Yeah, he had like 30 games that he played with the Spurs. And one guy that I didn't remember at all, but he did play in the Alamo Dome, was former Milwaukee Buck named Brad Lowhouse. Played with the San Antonio Spurs. He was like he just for a season, right? Or that was it? It was just for a season. He was for a season. I'm going to end on one guy here. I got a couple more, but I'm going to end on one guy here. Samaki Walker. Kentucky oh, my goodness. Basketball legend. Samaki Walker. So there's a few obscure names. I had Amal McCaskill as well. Sidney Green. Corey Crowder. Sidney Green. Uh yeah, there's a lot more on there. Former New York Knicks, Charles Smith was also a player of the Alamo Dome. He played with Spurs. So, a lot more names, man. I, I love doing this because it seems like a lot of people that listen to the podcast uh, love hearing these old names. And you know what? There's still a ton more to go to. Oh, you better say some. Say some for if we get you <laughs> back on for the next Memphis game. So, save some. Yeah, I remember yeah. Uh, Samaki Walker's uh, infamous draft day outfit. Wasn't it all white with a top hat? Yep, all white with a top hat. Yeah. <laughs> You would wear that to the Alamo Dome this Friday, aren't you? Oh, man, if I could even pull that off. I don't know if I can do an all-white to you. I know I've lost weight, but I still kind of maybe look like a mini, you know, Stay Puff guy. So, If we did it, we'll look like the Dumb and Dumber guys in the scene where they're wearing the top hat <laughs> and the tuxedos walking in. We'd, we'd look like that. I, I also, <laughs> Yeah, I also, well, you, you mentioned um, a Charles Smith. Was that? Was that coming off that one season where he had that failed four layup attempts that he blew against for New York? Yeah. Was that the follow? Like yeah. he had left New York after that season, right? Yeah. He Spurs left New York off. after yeah. that season. And you know what? That Spurs team with Charles Smith. Yeah. I, I always thought that was a good team. That should have been a team that went very far. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Charles Smith was a really good player for them. He was. He was. Yeah. I, I think. I think those. What happened in New York with them just got him. Kind of like Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson misses those free throws for Orlando. That haunts him forever. 
Charles Smith misses four free for four layups. I believe it was about four, three or four layups for yeah. the Knicks, and they, they don't get. I think it was against the Bulls, and they don't get past them. Or was it? The yeah, Pistons? It, was the it was the Bulls. I think it was Pistons. against the Bulls. Yeah, it was the Bulls. Okay, yeah. But there you have it, Rudy segment giving you obscure names uh, this <laughs> uh, year at the 50th celebration of the Spurs anniversary in San Antonio. Came at a perfect time too at the Alamo Day. Dome game just right around the corner. Hey, we're done talking. We want to hear from you. What do you think about the Spurs lost in Memphis? Likes, dislikes, as Joker would say. What puts a smile on your face? What doesn't put a smile on your face? And what about you? You going to the Alamo Dome? Let us know. Rudy, tell us all about Sweep the League. Yeah, man, Sweep the League. We're dropping new episodes every single Sunday. Um, NFL playoff games are definitely kicking off. So uh, we dropped one latest, gave our picks. We're going to go through all the NFL playoffs as well. The NFL draft coming up, NBA basketball in full effect. So we're just talking a lot of stuff on Super League. There you go. Follow well, him on Twitter at Sweep the League. And we thank you for making Lockdown Spurs your first listen each and every day. Uh, next up, you should be checking out Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get podcasts, just like Locked On Spurs, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, Ken's 5 Plus app, and wherever you get podcasts. So for Rudy Campos, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked On Spurs. Mm-hmm.